Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you today? Thriving. Living my best life. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, great. 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 I uh, was off work today. This is the first ever Wednesday we've had off before Thanksgiving. Oh. Um, which was super nice. I was going to get my nails done because they hurt and I slept till noon. So I didn't. Um, so they still hurt. So that's not stellar. Um, but I got to rest. I got to hang out with my dog and I did some data annotation. I've just been like binging the holiday baking championship show. Like I found it like two weeks ago and I just can't stop watching it now. I love it. So I've been trying to get into the holiday spirit. I'm ready for my Christmas movies I'm ready. I'm, I've been trying to plan like tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I'm trying to like plan some holiday cozy ideas for me. So like maybe like nice. a, a little hot chocolate with a splash of a bourbon, perhaps, Fantastic. And a film, you know, just um, through, but uh, thriving. <laughs> I, I also make Christmas come early today. Um, so today... Dan and I took our engagement photos, which is why yeah. I'm so dressed up, even though I did shit today, um, which unfortunately meant that even though I didn't have work, I got up at work time to get ready for the photos. So yeah. I'm exhausted for no reason. Um, they were so fun. Um, I was afraid it was going to be awkward because like having someone tell you how to take pictures um, is a little awkward in general. Um, but I was less worried about me and more worried about Dan, but mm. he was so goofy and like natural and just like himself and fine. Like to the point where we were sitting and he had to put his arm around me for one of the pictures. And Alex told him that he couldn't like rip my shoulder because it looked like a claw. <laughs> and so he just was like, oh, okay. And moved his hand down to my boob. And I just looked at him, not because that's weird, but because he would never do that in public in front of people. Like, that is so not him. And then I, t I asked him about it later. He was, I literally I have no idea what happened. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it, just, it just happened. Was he, he like, possessed by something? Uh, maybe. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, don't, you have nothing to apologize for. I laughed. Alex laughed. It was fine. But I just... That's how comfortable you were. I love that. Um, but which means that I'm sure the pictures are going to be great because there's not going to be any awkwardness in them. Yeah. And I'm really, I cannot wait to get them back. Um, um, I felt like I was going to say, oh, but because we did that, I was like, I started this by talking about Christmas. So our pictures were at a Christmas tree farm and I'm wearing like, green like and dan had a red scarf on we had like little bits of christmas pop colors and it was all beautiful um so then when we left and we were driving back and it was like cold and we had just been outside in the christmas tree farm and everything he was like do you want to listen to christmas music i know it breaks a rule and i was like it does because we both agree that you do not listen to christmas music before thanksgiving i agree too unless it's but, like july then you can listen to it if you want right but, but yeah. we were like we were like but then I found out that Seth MacFarlane and Liz Gillies have a new Christmas album that came out. 
what yeah and so that's what we listened to today and it was so good I'm like, like, well, if you need another thing to listen to, my friend Craig, that I just forgot his last name, has a new song called December coming out on December 3rd. That's going to be a really good Christmas song. Fantastic. So. Tokyo Hotel just has a, Christmas, has a Christmas song coming out this year, too. So much. So much. They've never done a Christmas song before. I was before. like, they've never done so Christmas, weird. have they? <laughs> no. But no, but the Liz Gillies and Seth MacFarlane album, it sounded just like like a classic Bing Crosby, like Carpenters, like fifties mm-hmm. holiday classic, and they Carpenter's did my favorite. But and they did, but they did like all the classic Christmas songs, like Winter Wonderland and Sleigh Ride, and like it's just like a old fashioned like Scotch in a square glass snow, mm-hmm. listening to Christmas music with it and with your family kind of thing. And they were, it was so good. Um, another one to listen to, um, Sam Robbins and Hallie Neal have an album coming out on Friday called, Ooh. it'll be out by the time everyone hears this, it's called yeah. You and Me at Christmas Time. And it is, I've heard it. So it's incredible. Fantastic. Uh, Craig Greenberg. I've also heard his song coming out. It's also incredible. Yeah. But, so I've got some great holiday suggestions of anyone. Fantastic. I think the Seth MacFarlane Liz Gillies album is exactly the emotional feeling I want people to feel at my wedding. I'll listen to it the week of your wedding. Yeah. Oh, not yet. I'm going to wait until the week of your wedding and then I'll listen to it. That's a long time to listen to it. Until wait to listen to it. Look, that's how long I wait for everything. It's fine. I'm always the last one. Perfect. I love it. Um, what, You know what I can't wait for, though? To be spiritually enlightened. Absolutely. That's the one. Yeah. You know, I am always here for you. Usually. <laughs> but usually I'm always here for you. So for this, I'd like to give you a reminder. You don't have to explain why you want what you want. Do what you do, love what you love, need what you need. You are allowed to live a life some people don't understand. Laura McCowan. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but she's deep, man. That's so, so deep. Um, I don't know if deep is the word I would use for what we're going to talk about next, but it, it, it I was like, I had to use deep for that quote. No, no, no. For what we're going to, that was my, that was my transition. Um, I so see. sorry. That worked. You nailed it. You nailed it. Perfect. Um, we are going to be talking about Stargate SG1 season four, episode 20 entitled entity. Look at how many uh, extra notes I have this week. Wow. I told you I had a lot of feelings in this episode. There's a lot of feelings about this episode. Um, I laughed. I cried. I was more stressed this episode than the exorcist. Like, a lot yeah um if you listen to the last stargate episode which obviously you should um the teaser that i gave courtney was that it was related to the exorcist and it and she guessed that the only thing it possibly could be was possession um and that is what i meant it's not really possession but that's 100 percent what i meant so close enough though close enough yeah Just um, well possession. and it's Alien called possession. and it's called entity which like sounds like possession even if it isn't yeah even if it wasn't um, it was rated, and this is interesting. I'm excited to see how you feel about this. Um, it was rated 7.0 stars. Incorrect. It's 10 out of 10. I These people, I have some bones to pick with Stargate people. Um, I know, and I will say, I do have some bones to pick with some of the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I went on a tangent. My mom and dad were laughing so hard because I just about lost my shit because one of the reviews started by talking about Dr. Frazier not 
like how she shouldn't be able to do some of the things that she does and i was like how about you fuck all the way off yeah you know those are the people that i hate forever i hold a grudge against more than anyone in the world so so when we when we get to the point that pissed me off i will i will talk about that but um this this episode came out on february 9th 2001 um we have the same number one book from last week um the number one movie was hannibal um, which was that 2001 sequel to Silence of the Lambs with uh, Anthony Which was a sequel Hopkins. to Red Dragon. What? Wasn't was it? it? Wasn't, I think so. I think there was another one before. Oh, I don't know. I just know Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter is like classic something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's yeah, the one everyone knows. For sure. Yeah. That's um, the one everyone knows, but I think there's like one more before Silence of the Lambs. I've never watched it at all. Um, It's not bad. It's not bad. You should watch it. um, The number one song. This is the number. This is the song that I was talking about last week, how it was giving me contradicting um, things of the number one song. But by this point, by this week, it is, in fact, actually the number one song. And that is. It wasn't me. Yes. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love yeah. Shaggy. Um, oh, that's another album you need to listen to is his Crooners album that came out earlier this year. Oh, did uh, it? Mm-hmm. Maybe last year. I think it was this oh. year, though. Ugh. Come Fly yeah. With Me is the name of the album. And it's banging. I need that in my life more than I've ever needed anything. Mm-hmm. Please tell me he actually sings that song. He sings all of them. Come fly with me, fly to the moon, fly me to the moon, all of them, all of them. If Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra made it popular, you can bet for sure it's on this album. I, how do you think Dan will feel if I ask him if we can play Shaggy's version of Fly Me to the Moon at our wedding? I think he will tell you you're a genius and there's no other option. Mm. I, think he, I think he won't because I, I think he will have feelings about the originals, um, but I think he should. I think you should too. Okay. There's um, a little respect for him if he doesn't. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, There was like not a lot for news for this day. Um, the U S did accidentally um, cause a submarine accident, a uh, submarine accident um, with a submarine that was run by a high school in Japan and killed a bunch of people, including high school students. But um, since, yeah, this, uh, for those of you who watch the national news, we are filming on November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving, and I live in Niagara Falls. So um, just Google that for why I refuse to talk about um, death and accidents today. Um, for the best. But yeah, I couldn't find anything else about news. I guess some people that I had never heard of died and... Um, uh george bush like put another tax plan in front of congress but like that happens all the time so like nothing nothing really to talk about um sorry i'm writing down that you're gonna lose respect for dan (laughs) Um, great please tell him and multiple times um i mean shaggy is just tops tops of it all is shaggy this episode weirdly um i don't have anything to talk about for the pre stuff for this episode 
Um, there were literally no other credited stars in this episode at all outside of the eight people that we always see, like Harriman, Siler, Fraser, SG-1, and Hammond. That's quite literally the only people credited for the entire episode. Um, yeah, I kind of thought that might be the case. <laughs> Um, the one guy who happens to be in the background between behind Siler for most of the episode, um, that actor, his name was on IMDb, but he was never actually credited. It's like listed as an uncredited actor. And then when I went to his page, everything on his page was uncredited. So I was like, what is the point of talking about it? Um, he's a professional extra, which is lovely, but it means that no one knows who he is. Right. Um, you know, maybe that's for the best. I think I'd want to be a professional extra. Like, um, but I need to be paid I, more than extras. I would, but, like, I would not recommend it because I have been an extra in an actual feature film and it was not fun. So. Um, because, like, you're also, like, not paid. You're not paid. It's very long all. days. Um, If you like stage acting, it's not fun because you stand there and do the same thing over and over and over again with no See, break. I don't I'm like okay it. That, I'm okay with no, that. I'm just getting paid to, like, not would, have to think a lot and then I'm just on TV and don't have to be famous yeah but like you don't get paid well i'm making my own rules now mm, okay well yeah tell in that my to world film. professional tell- extras make a lot of money <laughs> um this episode was written by peter dollies and edited by rick martin and you'll notice that i did that in a weird order because the only thing i haven't talked about yet is the director and that is because this episode was directed by alan lee and now you'll say I've definitely heard that name before, but you made it such a long buildup. Why is that, Mary-Kate? And the answer is because Alan Lee has never directed anything in his life before this episode and never directed anything in his life after this episode. But he is one of our three main editors who edits every episode of the show. I don't know how the fuck he joined. They they were just like, you know, you're around. You want to direct something? Um, I mean, to be fair... I feel like shows that go on for a million years, like Stargate or Star Trek or et cetera, they do that. They're like, hey, you worked on this show for a minute, I think. Like, you want to just, like, do this this week? Like, you want to add this to credits? And that is something that happens. Absolutely. A lot of times it's with the actors, like the lead actors who have been on the show for a really long time get their foot into directing. (laughs) Well, like Bates, um, like... Um, in Vampire Diaries, that's the first time that Paul Wesley or Ian Summerholder mm-hmm. ever directed anything. Um, a lot of a lot of our main Stargate actors have since moved into writing and directing, and they will be later in the show featured in that way as well. So that's normal. I'm not saying it's not. What isn't normal is the fact that it was supposed to be the only episode he directed. And that it wasn't just the only episode of this show he directed. It's the only episode of anything ever in his life that he directed. He is an editor and a cinematographer, and he has occasionally worked as an assistant director on things, but never again directed. And I don't, I wonder if that's because he's bad or if it's a choice. And he was like, fuck this. Well, this seemed fine. Um, Watch it. It did not get, it did not get uh, like reviews that were good though. Yeah, but people are wrong so i can't help with that but like i feel like he was like wow directing is a lot and i have to deal with a lot of people for that when i'm editing i don't that's <laughs> fair editing is much, much less that. people much yeah. less people that's and absolutely fair less, like stressful i feel like when you're good at it like once you're good at being an editor like 
you're pretty, I mean, you could be stressed out. It also depends on what kind of producers and directors you're working with when you're editing, because if you're editing and you have a director who is up your ass wanting every cut to be what they want it to be, that's very stressful. But in a show like this, where everybody's just kind of like chill as fuck, I feel like it would have been fine. Yeah. And like directing just feels like a lot more stress. Yeah. So, um, I will tell you when we, we're not there yet, obviously, because we do trivia at the end, but I have so much trivia for this. Episode. I'm always glad when you have trivia because I never have any right now for. <laughs> like I literally have half a page of trivia. Nice. In my notes. Um, so the team, we start the episode with the team sending a melt to a planet, um, which they just about immediately lose control of. Um, yeah. It starts flying, which fun fact, melts can't fly. That's what I. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's interesting. Um. Sam says they should sh- shut down the gate, obviously, because what the fuck is happening? Um. When and when they try to, um, sparks fly out of the computer. Um. Uh, and they have no control of it anymore. Uh. Walter gets knocked out, and Sam gets electrocuted. Um. All of the computers blow up. And then Jack manually powers down the gate, but it also knocks out every ounce of power in the entire building. And then we have the credits. Yeah. Now, I kind of flew through that and I didn't talk about the dialogue. There was some really funny dialogue in this. Um, Like, they went to this planet because it was based on an ancient database and they were trying to see if it looked like anything that was related to the ancients. And Daniel was like, nope, it doesn't. And then they were... Tilk was like, it also doesn't look like the Gubwolds. And then Jack was like, it doesn't look familiar to me either. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. And that was like really funny. Um, But honestly, I didn't catch a lot of the dialogue because everything else was so chaotically happening. Yeah. Like there was, like I said, there was a couple really funny moments. Tilk was funny. Um, Jack was Jack. Um, But really this was just like everything happened so fast and things were on fire and then all the lights were off and then it was the credits and it was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Luckily, we immediately find out after the credits that Walter Herman has mostly only um, surface level injuries. He does have second and third degree burns, but he's not like gonna die, which is good. They just toss that in immediately. Um, Because they don't want to stress us out this episode. Well, at least not about unnecessary things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then they... they, Yeah, there's a lot to be stressed about. Let's make sure that the things that don't need to be stressed about aren't. Right, right. Um, They get the secondary system up, and Sam wants to, like, immediately go into fixing things, because that's what Sam does, but Janet won't let her, because she has to treat her burns. And then she also pulls rank and tells everyone that if they were in the room at the time, they have to get checked out. Um, Janet's a boss. She is. Um, And Jack is not happy with her pulling rank. And he's like, who gave her the authority to do this? And Hammond just looks him dead in the face and says, the U.S. Air Force. And I was like... "Um, And Tokyo explains to him what that means. (laughs) And Jack's like, I've been missing the memos. Um, like, I'm not getting all my memos. <laughs> which doesn't, there's no memo. You do not. Um, you just kind of remember rules from when you went to school and then forgot about them. Whereas Teal yeah. um, read the handbook. Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, so 
Luckily, Sam gets cleared from the infirmary. They bandage up her burn on her hand and she's okay. But something fishy is happening to the computers in the infirmary behind Sam. And that is our first indication that something terribly wrong is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and Daniel are analyzing the footage from the melt, um, and they find an alien signal, but they can't analyze it without computers and they can't leave the base because they're quarantined. Now, <laughs> this is where the beginning of my anger toward this episode started because I'm not sure what they mean by not being able to analyze it without a computer when they're looking at it on a computer. Like, um, I think they just don't have control of the computers is the problem. Like, no, no, no. At this point, at this point, that's not the issue. Hmm. Um, at this point, the issue, what they're actually, the problem is that it's 2001 and technology is not what we think it is. The problem sure. is that they're not connected to a network or certain software. They, but they just say, the computers like that is a thing that people understand that all technology is referenced in this umbrella that is the computers and 22 years in the future when this is a computer um i i have serious questions and i got mad and my dad was like it's 2001. They don't have technology. They're trying to write science fiction. They're trying to be futuristic. And I go, but it literally doesn't make sense. I'm not even talking about the lack of technology or awareness. Like you don't know how to explain networks. You're looking at a computer screen. Don't say the word computer. Yeah. Um, so while I probably don't feel as strongly about the seven that other people do. Um, and while I do like some things that happen in this episode, I do feel very strongly that it shouldn't be rated as high as you want it to be because there is just like serious plot issues. Just kept me on my toes. The suspense got me. Sucker for suspense. I'm very happy for you. I learned that they call the suspense moment in romance subgenres the black moment today. And my life has been changed, and now it's all I've thought about all day. So all the suspense is all I care about anymore in anything, it seems, at least for today. Okay. Um, but while they're doing this, the CCTV camera behind them is going bonkers and, like, moving around the room. Um, then I don't even remember where we go, but Sam and Daniel are talking to Hammond, I guess, And they determined that the alien virus entered the computer and accessed its ability to read and to talk. Um, So it's like learning and they're wiping the mainframe, but it's going to take some time. So that's like, they're like, oh yeah, there was a virus in there, but now it's gone. Also, it's February of 2001. Y2K was not that long ago. You can't tell me you think a virus just enters the computer and then leaves. What? Right. Right. That's that's a fair criticism. Okay, 9.5. Okay. <laughs> um, the team finally meets to debrief and talk about what's been going on and figure out like what the motivations for this thing coming back through the wormhole might have been. Um, when Janet notices that the signals that they recorded look like an EEG or like brainwaves, it makes, there's an actual pattern here. Um, 
Then the lights go out and the camera turns and um, Sam realizes that it is the alien controlling the camera. Um, when the alien in the camera scans the room and starts finding the matching personnel file for each person, um, which is fucking creepy. Disturbing, yeah. Um, and Daniel realizes that it's studying them and trying to learn. And Hammond is like, no dice, shut this shit off. Yeah, because Daniel's like, wait, why would we do that? Why would we stop? And I'm like, Daniel, you have no idea what's going on and they're learning everything about every one of you. Right, like... Like, like you don't have to kill them this second, but you have to not let them do this until you know what their purpose is. Right, like, you assume it's alien tech. What if it's just, like, Russia trying to get the U.S. secrets? Like, you don't fucking know. You don't just let them study and learn your computer systems. Right. You know, there's tons of unclassified stuff, or tons of classified stuff in everyone's files, specifically, like, Jack's file or Hammond's file. Like, you don't want just that into the wild. Um, the only way to shut it off is to completely turn everything in the entire base off and wipe it so anything not backed up will be gone forever. Which is great. <laughs> Which is so stressful because I know how awful it has been when I've had cell phones that weren't backed up properly. You really want to tell me the government secrets that might not be backed up? And it's not like you had a cloud that automatically backed up every 24 hours when you were connected to Wi-Fi. You don't even know what a computer network is. (laughs) Sorry. Honestly, it's not the plot that bothers me. It's their inability to understand technology. Because writing sci-fi that is heavily technology-based when you have massive plot holes in how technology works is a lot for me. That's um, fair. Because there are things that are plot holes even within this episode, not just, like, within the difference between technology now and then, <laughs> just, like, within the episode. Um, so Sam says it's going to take a while, and Hammond says that all off-world teams know to stay put, so it's okay if we shut down the power to the gate. Um But so they shut the entire base down, but of course the alien already built a loophole computer. So like, great. Um, Couldn't be better. Yeah. So then Sam and Siler are like, think the computers are clear. They've got everything ready. They're like really excited that they did it. And Hammond is like, okay, but please double check your work before we connect to the Pentagon. Yeah. Valid. Um, And it turns out there was an error in the MELP storage room. So they try to get in and it won't open and it's been welded shut from the inside. Um, And they torch their way in and see MELPs moving on their own and this giant like weird supercomputer that looks like it's out of like a cartoon horror movie. Um, And Jack is ready to blow it up. He's like, all right. Let me get some C4. We're done. And yeah. Sam and Daniel are like, boo, it might be alive. I flip flop back and forth so much on whether or not Jack should be fired this whole episode. <laughs> there were moments that I was like, what are you doing? Why are you not understanding anything that's happening no. like from the military? And then stuff like this happens. And I'm like, no, he's the only one who makes sense. <laughs> no, Jack was the only one correct for 100% of this episode. 
I, I mean, there were moments. Oh, he, but like, I don't, not understanding how the military works. Like that, it wasn't to what? do with the specific case. Oh, him just being dumb about like yeah. the military. That's fine. That's just a Jack being dumb. Like, I know. A I was joke like, I'm moment. done with you today. But, but when know. it came to like actually addressing the situation, yeah, I was like, okay, never mind. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> that's why people like Jack stay in positions of power because they might be a little bit anti-authority. They might make smart comments. They might not read the handbook, but at the end of the day, they are going to protect their country and their people, and they're going to do it fucking correctly. Yes, correct. Um, but my favorite was they're like, "Boo, it might be alive," and Jack goes, "So is bacteria." And they're like, "But it's trying to learn," and he said, "So does bacteria." Like, yeah. I don't fucking understand. But that was also, I was like, okay, so you understand bacteria, but you don't understand that Dr. Frazier needs to be in charge right now. <laughs> just, his knowledge isn't lining up for him. But he didn't need to be fired. This is when he should have stopped being fired. Yeah. Um, and Hammond allows Sam and Daniel to attempt to talk to the supercomputer, which is fair because Hammond's job is to run a base that is trying to contact aliens. And I get it, but I also was not a fan of his choice. Um, so Sam starts to type in questions and then gets attacked by the electricity. Yep. Um, they take her to the infirmary and they're trying to revive her, but her brainwaves like immediately change. They like her heart rate stops. And then before Janet can even revive her, it starts again. It's very confusing and not a great thing. Um, and the EEG matches the original transmission from the planet. So Janet is like, oh my God, the virus is inside of her. So my first question okay. is, is Daniel's role to just die a lot and Sam's role to just get possessed a lot? Because we've already had Jolinar and now we have this. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if this kept happening. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. I thought your question was going to be about um, Janet in this moment, because unfortunately our friends on the IMDb, they did have questions. Um, and now I'm going to get feisty for a second. Great. I'm ready. One of our friends on IMDb who rated this episode at like three or four stars out of 10 said, I'm so sick of this show and the fact that they don't have roles for these characters are you really going to tell me that this medical doctor is also somehow an engineer and they can look at a, a thing and see a virus she said it looks like an eeg like that's yes. a medical no, not not only not only did she say that and we know an eeg is a medical thing they also made it a callback to 10 minutes before where she notices that the brain waves on the transmission from the alien look like an eeg and she calls back to her own reference of medical technology which is her fucking job yeah what well, if you what would it ever she doesn't seem like an engineer like there's no moment where i'm like she's the engineer yep yep no it's medical. Only, medical there's there's the only one moment. There's only one moment in this whole episode where I'm like, that doesn't necessarily seem like Janet could do that part on her own. And that is the conduit, which we will get to. But sure. in this moment, what the fuck is wrong with you? I got so angry. I was bitching about it. And my dad goes, people don't really pay attention to details. I go, then they shouldn't be allowed to fucking talk. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Was that me and you talking about that recently? That I was like, you can talk about whatever you want, have whatever opinion you want, but if you're going to make a statement about it, do your research and figure out yeah. how your statement applies. Um, that wasn't me that you and I had that had this conversation, mm -hmm. but like also absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I. 
the number of people who rated this episode like four out of ten stars for dumb shit like that. Incorrect. Incorrect. There are other episodes that should be rated lower, but this isn't one of them. I had to I had to move my computer, my thing and everything. I needed I needed that moment. I was so angry because I um I literally was like, I am done with the Janet Fraser Fraser slander. I'm done. Done. Yes. yes. Um, We'd stand with Janet Fraser. Um so the entity is taking over more and more of Sam's brain, and they decide that she needs to be kept under armed guard because there's no telling what is going to happen if she does wake up. But she does, in fact, then at that moment wake up. But she can't talk. Um, and they don't know how to get this entity out of Sam's brain, and they realize they can't ask anyone for help because they're technically still under quarantine, so they cannot reach out to the Asgard or the Tokra. Well, they should call Marcus and Tomas. Maybe it's not a demon, but maybe they have some good advice. I don't maybe. know. But um, at least in this case, the quarantine and having pre-established this quarantine made up for the fact that they definitely could have gotten help. Like sometimes you see these episodes and you're like, why they I didn't ask anyone for help? Right. Like um, but this one, they pre-established a solid reason why they couldn't. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I will say, Peter DeLuise, congratulations. There was callbacks. <laughs> Two things in the episode um multiple times i appreciate it there were plot holes and i will come to that after we're done talking about the episode i have issues but at least there was a through line that connected to itself that is that is true that is so, true um jack Tilk, and daniel are off looking at the machine um and jack is a hundred percent sure that it's a trap um mm-hmm. and that this alien was out to get them. I mean, that's how it seems. <laughs> and he was like, if we would just blown it up when I asked, we wouldn't have any of these problems. And Teal'c is kind of agreeing with him. And then Daniel, okay. In this moment, I have never understood Daniel more than this piece of dialogue. And I am so grateful to Peter DeLuise for giving Daniel this piece of dialogue because he doesn't start a fight. He doesn't tell them they're wrong. He doesn't try to say we're different people. He says to Jack, I understand that you are a protector. That is your job and you are good at it. But it doesn't mean that Sam's need to understand is wrong. And I was like, because Jack is so instinctual, and Hay and Teal, they see things from the military point of view because that's what they're trained to do. They're trained to protect the people they take care of, and they're not going to risk people. But that's not what Sam and Daniel are trained to do. They're trained to find the knowledge and yes. to see the communicators, these people. Yes. Like, and we're not asking Jack to call up the aliens and become their best friend, other than Thor, I guess. But, like, he just has to make sure that everything goes smoothly. No one dies. Yeah. They're the ones who are like learning and putting the knowledge to use that they've taken from everywhere else. Like exactly. Um, um, so, but then Jack goes back to the infirmary to try to communicate with Sam. And this is where the second time that I got actively pissed off 
at their inability to understand computers. Mm -hmm. Because um, in the year 2001, we were not that deep into medical technology. We still could check vital signs without computers. So my question... We still can. <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I know. Um, mm. But I mean... Doctors were trained. Doctors were trained without tons of computers in 2001. Like it's yeah. not like doctors now, where their whole schooling is computers, and they just have to learn both ways. Right. Doctors were trained primarily without technology. And like, if you were a doctor in 2001, you probably didn't have technology when you were in law, like in med school. Like, exactly. Um, and while medical technology developed at a different rate than other technology, and I understand that, and I understand that, like though the medical miracles that are the ability to have visual readouts of things immediately, great. Not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is if you have a virus that you are afraid is going to travel back into a computer mainframe, why is she connected to the computer? Right. Yes. Yes. That is a valid, a valid concern. Um, um, because not only was she connected to the computers um, of the like, infirmary where she could then steal the data of all of the patients and all of the medical technology they have access to or break down all of their mm -hmm. ability. Like mm -hmm. who knows if those readouts were even accurate? Yeah. And you know, she felt kind of like she was a TARDIS. That's all I could yeah. think was Sam was, had become a TARDIS at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made no fucking sense because then they also have given her another piece of tech te technology. Yeah and taught them, taught this alien another new kind of technology so that it could communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because we're so smart. Um, mm -hmm. And, but then we get to the most dramatic moment of the entire episode where um, the music is just swelling. And the music that is swelling is, of course, my favorite piece of Joel Goldsmith music for the entirety of the Stargate series. And that is the Jack and Sam love theme. Yeah. Because the entity within Sam looks Jack dead in the face and says, I needed to preserve. So I chose this one because this one is important to you and you won't hurt this one. And they're so smart. So smart. And just Jack staring at Sam with that music playing, knowing that there's something inside of her that's using her feelings for him against her. Like, did you know for sure if it was anyone else, he would have just shot him. He'd been like, yeah. no. oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this much. is how we have this now. Yeah. Um, so, um, Janet also, this is, is, I have one more question. It is yeah. probably not a big deal. But the creature said, keeps saying, I am within. And I understand that means, like, within Sam. But yeah. I never understood what the creature's called. Are they called, like, the within? There, or do they have a name? Or? There's no, it doesn't have a name. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fine. <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, it's an entity that doesn't have a physical form or a yeah. voice or anything. So it, it makes sense that it doesn't have a name that we would be able to talk to. That's fine. Yeah. I just wanted, like, the race to be called something or anything. Like, no. Okay. No. It's okay. Um, so Janet 
Um, this this entity within has told them that Sam is still in, like Sam is still intact, like Sam's mind is not destroyed. Um, but Janet thinks that if Sam's mind is still intact and they are able to somehow find a way to get this entity out of it, best case scenario, Sam's brain dead. Yeah. Yep. And then Daniel, being Daniel, was like, I have an idea. I'll just talk to it and ask it to leave. Yeah, Daniel. That's worked every other time you've done it. And then we have the second moment where the Sam and Jack love theme plays in this episode where Hammond tries to prep Jack for what's about to happen. Because he knows that Jack loves her. He was like, I know that she's really important to you. And he was like, and Jack just goes, she is a very valuable member of my team. And he said, she is. <laughs> and that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that is, that is, that is everything we need because that is Hammond acknowledging how they feel. Um, affirming Jack's inability to do anything about it and also sympathizing with him all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it is so few words and so many emotions. So many emotions. Um, they go back to the infirmary and Daniel does try to talk to it and says like, and it goes like, we'll give you information instead. And they're like, we don't, we don't want information and we want you to leave. And they're like, no, because you attacked me first. And that was sad, too. It was sad, because, like, Daniel's like, we didn't mean to. Like, that's not what we were doing. We sent a probe. Like, we were trying to understand. And it wasn't on, like, we didn't have any, like, that's not what our intention was. And the alien just goes, it doesn't take it back. It doesn't take back. Did you poison our entire race? Like, my God. Yeah. And it's so funny because we talked about this before that we work so much with carbon-based life forms in these sci-fi shows that like we don't think about the implications of like a race that is literally just electrical impulses. That's sentient electrical impulses. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but instead of being sympathetic and us feeling bad for this uh, entity, it immediately goes from, I know you didn't do it on purpose, but you still did it. And that's why I'm going to kill your entire planet. What? Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> it's Ooh, not um, really a compromise of sorts. Yeah. And um, they were like, I came to destroy you in exchange. If you hadn't interrupted my transmission, I would have succeeded. You'd all be dead. And then Jack's like, cool, we're going to finish what we started. Yeah. And Daniel's like, no, no, we're not. And Jack's like, no, 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 we are. We are. We're going to attack. We're going to send every milk we have. We're going to ruin your planet. And he's like, General Hammond, can we do that? And he said, you bet your ass. Like, <laughs> we, no, what does he say? He says, you're goddamn right we can. Yeah. And poor Daniel's just like, what the fuck is happening? Because um, this is what you have to do. You have to military tactic. It's military tactic. And I'm like 82% sure that it was a bluff. Like, yeah. it, was a, it was the kind of thing that it was a bluff, but it didn't have to be. They absolutely right. could have done it if they weren't getting what they needed out of it and not felt bad. Um, yeah. And so they're, and he's like, please don't. And Jack's like, okay, get out of Sam. And he's like, well, I can't. Like, I'm already too big to go back into the computer. Like, I, I, I have to stay here. I need the memory space. And Jack's like, or you don't, then you can get out. Um, and then Sam freaks out and runs out of the room. And the it and heads back to the main hall, and like tries to return to the mainframe. 
And um, Jack has to zat Sam twice. Oh, I, I died. I died the same way that Sam died. Like, it was not um, so good for me. I immediately started coming yeah. up with plans. I was like, let's bring in the toker. Like, let's get her hooked up to another yeah another, uh, gold. Yeah. Like, whatever it takes. Bring her back. Um, and so then Sam is in the infirmary, and Jack is stays there all night just watching, and there's no change. And Janet comes back and, while crying, tells Jack that Sam has a DNR and he knew about it. And at this point, he has to say goodbyes and let go. No. He's like, okay, just a few more minutes. Yeah. I cried. I was so sad. I didn't know. I logically, I feel like I know Sam makes it farther than this. But in this moment, I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, I, I mean, you never can be sure because in a show that runs this long, People can leave and come back. People can die and come back in other ways. Like there are so many ways that like an actor can be in a show forever and a character still doesn't make it. Like that's in a show like this, there's no guarantee. And so despite me like joking about how often these people like almost die every time they're about to die, it could seriously be the end. And like, you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very distressing. So, um, Daniel and Teal come in kind of to say their goodbyes and to let Jack know that Hammond ordered the melt mainframe computer destroyed. Um, and then um, Harriman and Hammond restart the system. They get everything back online and everything's working, but there's a malfunction in the melt room again. And Hammond orders SG-1 to go in and take care of it. Um, and they get there and the computer just starts screaming, I am here. And I was terrified. Jack's about to get really angry. And Daniel's like, wait, that's that's not the alien. That's Sam. And Jack's like, how can you be sure? And he goes, the alien specifically said it couldn't go back there, but that Sam's mind was still intact. What you interrupted was the alien trying to get its brain back into the mainframe. So when you killed Sam's body, you trapped her consciousness in the mainframe. Um, so Sam, Janet hooks the mainframe machine up and the EEGs are Sam's brainwaves that, and obviously she has samples of everybody else's yeah. things. And so the EEGs in the machine are Sam's brainwaves. So um, my favorite is that she's like, all right, we're going to try to put this consciousness back in the body. And Teal just pulls out his zat and he's like, I can't risk it. This alien yeah. has fucked with us too many times. Right. And I was like, smart. So smart. Um, but then um, she hooks her up to the machine and um, Zad does some kind of electrical conduit thing and it works and she wakes up and there's just like a really beautiful reunion moment. Um, this was the only place that I actually had a problem with Janet's um, ability to do things that don't seem like a doctor. Cause what the fuck conduit did she use? Like, would she just stick an electric? Like, did she like battery jumper? Science. I don't know. She knows science. And like, now that she yeah. knows like what has to go into what, like she probably yeah, but- could figure out what a conduit is for like a human body versus like machine. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. That wasn't terribly that, that upset was, by it. I wasn't terribly upset by it, but I was like, that one is questionable. If you want to talk about like questionable, that one is questionable. Yeah. They're reading the EEGs is not questionable. <laughs> that is not questionable. No. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it is time for the butt fuck of um trivia. I'm ready. I'm settled. Um I talked about the Sam and Jack theme playing a million times and I talked about all of the Janet questions. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing that I, I mentioned that there were other plot holes in this. The one big plot hole is that if they have their computers only running on the secondary system and they have not had access to the gate this entire time, Hammond's ability to tell other teams to stay off world and not dial the gate does not exist. And that ruins this entire episode. Like if you actually think about it, they're not on quarantine because he doesn't have the power to make that happen. Which is but a like, problem. Didn't they turn off the Stargate and so they can't come back anyways? Like, aren't they just trapped wherever they are? No, I mean, the gate is not destroyed. Another another gate dialing out could open that gate. It's not, like, broken. But you can't, like, turn it off to, like, not receive anything? No. Um, and they specifically make mention of the fact that they also lost control to the iris. Mm-hmm. So, like... The Gawuld could just be fucking popping in if they wanted to. Like their their um lack of access to the gate is not actually well done. And that if you suss out what that means, it does kind of break apart a big chunk of the episode. Yeah. But But that's it it could be worse. Right. Um there's a bunch of trivia about personnel records. Um, Daniel's personnel record picture is actually just a still from the opening credits. They don't have like a picture of him for some reason. I, I have no idea why. Um, the records show that Jack's real first name is John, which is not surprising. Um, and also Lee Van Cleef, who was an actor who worked opposite Clint Eastwood in um like a bunch of spaghetti western movies was one of the names on one of the personnel credits um but in the personnel credit there was personnel records there was also an issue because lee van cleef and um i can't remember which other um sgc member both have the designation designation of sg1 on their personal personnel records which obviously is not true yeah um um, Teal'c is in fact correct that um, in an emergency medical situation, an office a medical officer does outrank everyone regardless of their rank. Um, so, depending on what is happening, Janet does not need to ask Hammond for permission. Um, that's that feels that feels right. Yeah, but it's only it's only in terms of medical. Like she couldn't tell people to go on a mission without checking with him. But like, if it yeah. comes down to medical, she does outrank everyone. Which makes like it seems in perfect sense. To yeah. Have that. Yeah. Um, this is the only episode in seasons one through eight of the entirety of Stargate SG one to be filmed in HD. Every single other episode in the first eight seasons was shot on film. That's so strange. So Maybe strange. Alan Lee didn't come back to direct. 
Maybe. Um, I don't know if there was just something they were trying out and it wasn't as effective as they wanted it to be. Um, I know in the early 2000s, film was beginning to be very expensive. So they might have done it thinking that they could cost cut, but then the way that their sets were just didn't work anymore. Like there's a lot of reasons why it could have happened. Um, And then obviously by the time season nine happened, we're talking like 2007 or something. So like, it makes sense that they switched to HD after that. But yeah, this was like the trial for um not using film yeah well that was a good effort a for effort um and then the last piece of trivia is a beautiful moment that i don't know if you caught because it was the very very end of the episode um when they were like panning away after they talked to sam and everything was okay you see richard dean anderson reach out and then kind of awkwardly pull back and shake his hand a couple times because like it was like Jack trying to grab Sam and then knowing that he couldn't. And like, it's so beautiful, like so well done. <sighs> Such a good moment of him just, and then he just does it like an awkward, like Jack handshake thing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a brilliant piece of acting. Oh, love. And it's super natural, like so naturally done that um, I don't have confirmation, like 100% confirmation, but I'm pretty confident it was not scripted that way or directed that way. It was just like a a natural reaction. That's so sweet. I love it. Yeah. So that was on my my half page of trivia of nonsense. Yeah. So um, do you want to punch? You know... I think I want to punch Daniel because he just does understand that you can't just give all of your secrets away to an unknown entity. And that's very important not to do when you're the military. For sure. So I don't really want to punch anyone else, I guess. So like, I think it's him other than like the entity, but like, yeah. Um, I think you picked Daniel, and I genuinely just don't think that anyone else um, in this episode really could be, except that I'm going to punch Sam for the same reasons. And while she went through a lot and was really sad, and, like, I'm glad she didn't die, and, like, she definitely learned her lesson, um, she did, like, willingly just start typing to a supercomputer alien to, like, ask it why it wanted to be there and be its friend instead of, like, being in the military. Which Daniel has an excuse for, but she really doesn't because she's also yeah. in the military. Um, so I'm going to punch Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, how about your MVP? My MVP is Jack. I knew you were going to pick Jack. I think the whole world would have ended today in this episode had it not been for Jack. Yeah, I mean, that's so valid. Um, I have a really hard time picking anyone other than Jack because I have a hard time picking anyone other than Jack, even when Jack isn't the best part of the episode. Why are you calling me back? Sorry, Dan called me when we first started recording the podcast and left a voicemail. I haven't called him back. Clearly, I'm busy. (laughs) Um... But the person I'm going to pick, because I can't pick Jack, is Dr. Frazier. Because 
um, her being able to actually recognize her patient's EEGs and like know what's going on is a skill that would probably um, have led them all to death, if not. Yep. yep, she would have been my other pick, so. Yeah. For sure. Well, we have two more episodes of the season. Crazy. I bet <laughs> that they're going to tie back in to a storyline we've had before. Cannot confirm which one. It'd be cool if it was the replicator, because that's where we started, but we'll yeah. see. Don't always I have mean, faith. I would say, I mean, how many open plot lines are there right now? All of them. So All many. of them. So many. But yeah. so I don't think that's where we're gonna go, but I think that'd be nice to like address it again in the season. Yeah. Um, but I don't know which one. I mean, is the heresis done? Like, maybe we're going back to Apophis to like okay. talk about it more. I don't really, I don't really know. I don't know what the plan is. I'm so no. lost what they're gonna do with the finale. Um, I will tell you, we do go back in the next week to a character that we've already met, but um, I won't tell you which one, so it doesn't help you, because you've already guessed that. I did guess that. I did guess that. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's happening. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> oh. Well, if you have predictions, thoughts, theories, any of the above, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. Um, also, by the time you watch this episode, we will have seasoned, seasoned finish four. I was going to say seasoned finish four. We will have finished season four, which means you can talk about the end of season four without ruining things for Courtney if you reach out to us. Um, but if you're going to talk any farther than season four, please let us know that it's spoilers so that I check the message and not Courtney. Um, and you can follow us at all of our social media at Death and Aliens. You can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And who and knows, maybe by the time you see this, I will have sneak peeks of my engagement pictures to show you to post. Um, I would love it. Um, I won't, but you can also follow me if you'd like at cecloud 13 we will see you on Thursday for the last episode. Just kidding. The second nope. to last episode. Episode oh. 9 of The Exorcist for Thriller Thursday. <laughs> Bye. Bye. As I press stop. <laughs>